0: Julia Simich, um professional football player for
1: West Ham United Women.
2: Julia, did you always know you were going to become a professional football player?
1: Um, yeah, that was always the plan. I didn't really have a plan B. Okay. So um, luckily it worked out at the end. Yeah. But now obviously, now I studied next to football and uh, graduated, did my school um, properly and everything. But to be honest, there was not really another thing in life that, I don't know, I was as passionate about as I've been with football for yeah. all my life. So, I you don't know, I said everything on the card, football.
2: Was it, were you always a, a good player as a kid?
1: Yeah, obviously I played with boys uh, most of my childhood time, life. Um, I played with boys until I was 16. So I started with six or seven. I think I have the same career or history as a child. Like every boy has like I started early with... Yeah, I think I was six when I started in a club and then played with boys for all Yeah, my... Um, um, childhood yeah. uh, career and um, until I was sixteen, and obviously, yeah, playing with the boys and competing on a proper high level with them. Um, obviously, everyone saw there's a little bit of talent there, and yeah. I could really um, compete with them, like from a technical standpoint. At one point, they just grew and mm. were so much stronger than me physical. Mm. So. This was when it got really when I struggled as well when it got really hard to play against them when they grow with 15, 16 years and then I decided as well I have to move now and play with girls or with play with women mm. and but yeah I think um, you could see I was passionate and luckily I had some talent as well so
2: yeah when so when you first decided that you wanted to that you were interested in football and you wanted to play <clears throat> at a higher the highest level you could and you spoke to your parents or whatever they just took you to go and play with a boys team because there were no girls teams around?
1: I think it was um, a lack of this as well, yeah. So obviously the uh, structures weren't really there for young girls to play football with girls. Yeah. So if you wanted to play, obviously there were some girls teams, but that was more about like fun and choking around and I never wanted it. So when I played football, even when I was seven, eight, nine, I don't know, eight, nine years old, I was I wanted to win, you know. Yeah. So I think you could see this really competitive side in me from really early on mm. so that wasn't like I didn't have to convince my parents that I want to play football so I just turned up and said like I have a um, schoolmate in, in the school class who played as well so I just went with I, I think it was a girl yeah went with her to training one day and this is when my career started and um, I think as a kid you don't really think about what you do is it a uh, male or female sport you just do mm. what you like right and mm. for me it's always been football.
2: And there were, and so it's you and one other girl who played with the because yeah. you're from Firth, right? Which is quite a yeah. big town.
1: No, it's not so big.
2: But there, but it's what is it? A hundred thousand people yeah, or something? But something so, there's there were no kind of dedicated facilities for for girls to play.
1: Yeah, n- not really. Um, I think now the structures got a little bit better, but back then it was something really outstanding if you were a girl and wanted um, right. to play football, right? So, but when you're six or seven. I think there's not really a big thing to play with boys because you're just surrounded. Like girls play with boys. They're the same physical size at the same same level. So I don't know. That wasn't really a problem at at this age.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, it became a little bit more, I would say, yeah, a little bit more as a problem when I I got older. So when you start being a teenager and things like this Mm. and then all of a sudden, oh, there's a girl. Mm. Whereas early on everyone thinks oh, at one point she doesn't want to play anymore anyway yeah Yeah.
2: but you stuck at it and carried on yeah and so and when you moved to Bayern Munich when you were 16 Mm -hmm. is that right Mm -hmm. and so there was there were women's teams there ready for you to go and play with at that point
1: yeah but that was already like a women's team it was not like a youth team anymore it was a women's team so I got from the 16 year old boys team to a yeah, first division Bundesliga team women. Yeah. So there was not, for me, I never played with girls in my age. So I just, mm. apart from the youth national teams, obviously. Mm. But um, I obviously came like uh, from, yeah, from the boys team to the, to the women's team.
2: And um, I remember you saying to me when, when we met before that when you were growing up, all the players you looked up to were actually mm. men. Mm-hmm, yeah. And because there, no, there was no access to women's football to watch as a, as a kid, is that right?
1: Exactly, I think this changed a little bit when uh, social media became a little bit bigger so all of a sudden you could, I yeah, don't know streamed games or you mm. could see um, you could get informations uh, yeah. from women's football teams as well or from their results so I didn't really know what it is like how professional women's football looks like if there's even a professional fo- women's football at this time and... Sometimes you could have seen the, the national team playing in TV, but mm. that was it. So I didn't really know any uh, female player at this time, to be honest.
2: Mm. So you are you aware that now you're kind of a, someone to look up to for lots of young women all around the world, basically?
1: Um, yeah, and I think this is a really good thing to have. It's not just me, but there are a lot of young girls aiming to be like, I don't know, a Lucy Bronze or yeah. Alicia Lehmann, a big mm. player from Switzerland. They... Finally, have um, female role models now, mm. and because they can see them playing, they can see them interacting with them. They can see them just doing what they love, and it's football, and still being seen. And I think this is, or see them playing in front of a big crowd as well. So that that wasn't even possible like twenty years ago. So mm. that women play in front of seventy-seven thousand people in Wembley. Yeah. So just um, this big growth of women's football is i think for the younger generation so important to mm. bring young girls to to play football
2: it never it never obviously sort of stopped you or put you off not you didn't ever make the connection and go well hang on a minute i never see women playing football professionally so I don't know if I can still do this. You just, you just carried on and just always assumed that it would be there for you.
1: Yeah. I think I, <laughs> until I was 10, I, I wanted to play in the man's Bundesliga <laughs> Yeah, because I always thought like I would be good enough at one point. I think now, but not obviously that was a little bit delusional. but um, hmm. yeah, I think it wasn't only just um, thinking about what you will become at one day. It was just more at this time. You just, I was, I just loved what I did with football and hmm. um I had so much fun with playing and when you ask boys, they, at, with 10, 11, 12 years, you don't really think of um, earning a lot of money or, no. don't know, having this kind of lifestyle or you're something. you doing it because like... you love it. Basically. Exactly. And yeah. this was always, I think, the same um, enjoyment or joy and happiness when I played, like it was for every boy I played with mm. or maybe even more. I don't know, because at one point, obviously I... I recognize or yeah obviously i had this all the time that people were surprised that i can play with boys Mm. so this might have uh, motivated me even more to always show them that i can play with them for a long time as well and that i am at the same level as the boys are because some of them obviously also said at the beginning they always laughed about me oh there's a girl playing football and uh, when i wanted to play with the boys when they didn't know me they wouldn't let me play with them but as soon as i could have played like and they would let me play with them it was always about um Proving that I'm good enough and that I can play football as well as a girl. So yeah. that was always a little bit of a I don't know, battle.
2: Yeah, I can imagine. It's it's, it's a lot harder yeah. for, for, you, for you. Yeah, and, and
1: I think this changed a little bit that girls playing football now are still something special, I think, yeah. but not as special or yeah something surprising as it was when I was a young girl. So yeah. now I think it becomes a little bit more normal, but just because you can see women's football everywhere now. And I think this is that's the main goal that we all have with, don't know, using every single platform to make a uh, woman's football bigger and more normal. And mm. yeah, it's, it's just a normal sport that girls can play as well.
2: What And how did, how did you signing for Bayern Munich as a 16 year old? How did that happen?
1: Uh, to be honest, the coach at this time just called me at one point, I think I was 15 or something. And then
2: who were you playing for at the time?
1: At a boys team back in um, Nuremberg, okay. where I'm from. And, I uh, played some national team games back then and obviously the, the people around your area knew your name already a little bit. So there's yeah. a girl playing football quite good and a good level. And then all of a sudden, obviously, you get the interest from bigger clubs as well. And mm. then, yeah, when Bayern Munich calls you... um I think I told everyone who didn't even want to know it. <laughs> it was a little bit of obviously you're proud of it yeah. as well. But Did you have
2: to go for a trial?
1: No, no. Obviously I trained with them, but just because they wanted me a year earlier already. But I, I, I didn't. I, I keep. I wanted to keep playing with the boys, you know. Okay. So I still, I don't know. I didn't. It sounds a little bit weird, but I never really enjoyed playing with girls. At why? This why age, is that? Don't know. It. It just made me. I think. That, it's just a really competitive side um when you play with boys was missing a little bit when you played with girls right. back then so obviously it's it's i think the the level was just not as it was with the boys you know for me i just wanted to compete at the highest level i could and that was obviously with the best boys in my area
2: so um, you you would be playing for so you were 15 at the mm-hmm. time and you would be playing with the best boys team in in that area yeah Okay. So in competitive uh, games, or were you were you yeah. playing games as well? You weren't just training with them; you were playing competitive yeah, yeah. games with them It well. was
1: like a normal league, and we okay. played against don't know Nuremberg, Greuther. Fürth. They all like first or second division in this area, and okay. yeah, it was it was just good because you could always see like where you stand a little bit as well. And yeah. obviously, when you can compete with the best boys in your age yeah. at this time, um, you're aiming for higher goals as well. So for me, it was always the main goal was to go to the uh, national team at one one day to the sure. yeah, women national team, not the yeah. youth, obviously. Yeah. But um, at this time, yeah. Then when Bayern called me, it was about making a decision if I'm ready now to go to a women's club mm. or a women's team. Mm. And for me, I, I was really, don't know, how can I say this? I, I thought like a 15-year-old boy in my head, you know, yeah, I, okay. I, I behaved like them as well. I was okay. one of them. So it was a really big step for me. Then all of a sudden, being in a team with 30-year-old women, you know, and not being the little girl or boy or something I was Mm. back then. So Mm. all of a sudden, it's just the atmosphere completely changed, like playing with uh, grown up women.
2: Yeah. So it was, it was, it's great that they were so welcoming and letting you play with them because I I read a story a while back about a Dutch girl who had to pretend to be a boy for like two years to, to actually play. But, but when you, when you moved to, to Bayern Munich was, what was the standard like at Bayern Munich compared to what you were used to playing before?
1: This is a question I got asked a lot, but I think the step from from this level, from the boys to the first division women's football, wasn't that big, to be honest, because I think... It was it, similar. It was c- quite similar. So I would say tactical-wise and um, from the way we trained, it was a little bit more professional, obviously, with Bayern Munich, because yeah. the coaches were just better and you trained in a much more professional environment. And was
2: it full-time?
1: Not, not yet, I w- no, because uh, maybe 60, 70, 80% of the girls were uh, working okay. next to football and okay. working 40, 40 hours a, a wow, week, okay, so wow. a full job, and okay. next to this they trained four or five times a week and yeah. travelled a lot at the weekends to play against Hamburg, which is eight, nine hours by bus sure. on a weekend, so... It, when you see that that generation, women's football generation, it's like they did hell of a lot to just being able to play mm. football, you know. So mm. it was not not at all professional at this point. Everyone always um, says, ah, oh, it's about um, equal pay and stuff like this. Mm. It's not even that. It's it's more like having the facilities and having a good pitch you can train on or having a good time to train on because we had to wait until all of the youth teams trained so until the 12, 13, 14 year old boys were done with their session then the women's team could go on the pitch right. So or oh, we had a little corner with the uh, like we call it like old men's teams like yeah. they are veterans
2: teams yeah something like this yeah. so
1: we shared a pitch with them most of the times because this is from I don't know 7 to 9pm we trained right. because early on the pitch weren't empty or for, for us you know so they were so many things we didn't have a physio then we didn't have a a doctor as well we maybe had one coach and maybe an assistant coach who were there from time to time Mm. but not always because they all had a normal job as well on the side so the facilities and the structures now compared to back then completely changed. and now we can finally do what we want and do it properly and not thinking about oh i have to work um from eight to five Mm. and then rushing to training and not being able to tape my foot because I have a ankle injury or something because there's no physio so you have to drive somewhere else before training to get your tape done and little things like this um yeah are, are changing now finally yeah
2: so i mean you were there from 16 through to 24ish yeah. right so so throughout that time at bayern munich you must have seen a lot of changes yeah. between those between those those years yeah
1: it got i would say it got better year by year yeah. So obviously, it came a lot with the money. So the better the budget got, the better players you could bring in. The better you had the focus on football. Really, the less the players had to work as well. So most of them were really young then, and you got the the level kept improving. And um, the player who came in were better than the players who retired or mm. got sacked or something like this. So yeah, the level obviously got better. But also, I think that the standing we had in the club got better as well so all of a sudden we played um, really up front in the league so we played for the qualification for the Champions League for example and little things like this we always had to it was a hard time back then in Bayern like we didn't have a really good standing at the beginning I would say but mm. then fin- finally we could uh, train at the same facilities like the boys did and the men's team did and we could have have a little bit more access to to their facilities and to use um, yeah just their structures as well and not being completely separated from the club.
2: Did you feel like you had to fight for respect from the club?
1: I think every women's team, is, which is with a men's team, still fight for respect mm-hmm. because there are so many men still in the game. Most of the times it's men, but men clubs in the game who who still didn't really accept uh, women's football, for example. Now there's a big... Um, thing in the media as well in Germany about Borussia Dortmund or running finally a women's football team mm. hopefully because the fans were aiming for this and having a big sheet of I don't know, paper in, in the stands saying hey, it's such a big club and doesn't even run a women's football team mm. because they're just two or three decision makers in the club who don't want to have it Mm. And I think this, this shouldn't be the case anymore and the society, the pressure from society I think should be bigger now and it, it's increasing now that finally everyone yeah accepting women's football a little bit more. But I think it's still a battle every day and there are still so many people in the game who yeah, who are not really pro f- women's football, I would say.
2: Why um do you think there are men out there who like football but don't accept Women's football. Why do you think that's the case?
1: Some some people still speaking from two complete different sports when they compare women's football to men's football. It's just obviously we we will never be as strong as them and as fast as them and as physical as them. Mm. So there's just a difference uh, from our body states, you know. Mm. So and this will never change. So the game obviously is a little bit um, not as fast and as yeah as hard as the men's football mm. game is, but. I think there are so many good things in women women's football as well. When you really separated. it, like it's still some people like it because it's so fair. Because the girls are not like pretending to be injured all the time. They're not <laughs> that big breaks all the time because yeah. people argue with the referee or something like this. It's yeah. just it's a really clear, fair sport mm. and, uh, right now. And I think this this is a really nice side of the women's game. I think in the moment, but obviously, yeah. I think that. We, we can never compete at that high level. So it's...
2: Convinc- but, why, but why do you think men... So that's obviously a, 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 some of the advantages of, of women's football. But why do you think that certain men in who make decisions at clubs to not have a women's team, for example, like you just said, Borussia Dortmund, why do you think they would do that? Why Do you think they're threatened by women's football? They, what, what, what is the reason for them not wanting to support it?
1: I think when you just really think economic. Um,
2: okay, they don't want to invest the money in it.
1: Exactly. It's it, Obviously, it's a big investment to run a women's football team. And because we are not bringing that much money in, mm. it's maybe not really a, um, for them a big benefit mm. to have a women's team mm. when you just see it from a money standpoint or yeah. financial standpoint. So obviously, it's a little bit of a minus business because uh, you have to put in or invest a lot of money to get in players and to run a complete new team, obviously. But Mm. obviously it's still so much cheaper than you would run uh, as if you would run a men's team. But it's, um, yeah, not commercial wise, maybe it doesn't make so much sense for them. But I think when you, when you see all the, the positive sides of this, for example, when I played for Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg was so well known for their women's team because they are so successful and they were competing always at such a high level and played for, yeah, the Champions League title every year for the, um, yeah, league title every year. They won the cup I think since eight years every year almost. Mm. And it's like, I don't know. There comes a lot of positive representation as well when you run a women's team. Mm. I think, and I think it it shouldn't be the case anymore that you just refuse to do it at all because you you don't fancy um I don't know jumping in the in the game as well. And yeah,
2: mm. when you, when you're at Bayern Munich, and we'll come on onto your Wolfsburg time in a minute. But when you're at Bayern Munich, you started to have injury problems with your with your knee. Yeah. Give us an idea of how much more difficult it is to recover from an injury when you've not got that support network behind you as a, as a man's player would have.
1: Mm, yeah, first of all, that was really unlucky because I unjobbed myself when I was first called up for the national, national team. National exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it was a little bit dramatic as well. So now. Yeah, that's, I,
2: that's really upsetting. That. Yeah, that's it was. Sad, yeah. yeah,
1: it was. And I waited a really long time for finally being called up. And I think I was 21 at this time. And. Yeah, I, w- I was just so happy to be finally in the national team now. And yeah. I think it happened in the first session after 45 minutes or something. So I ruptured.
2: How my, did it happen?
1: Uh, it was completely non-contact injury. So I ruptured my ACL. Yeah. I was just yeah turning and my f- foot got stuck in the ground. Is hmm. the typical way you normally rupture it. But um, no, obviously it was really dramatic for me as well. But um, just being there gave me a lot of motivation. So I really got... Positive from my whole rehab process, and
2: did the club give you all the support you yeah. needed? They so, did. Okay, that's good.
1: So I, I I got my surgery done, but the club had to pay for this, and mm. it's not like they don't know when I think back, they 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 tried to find a different way to to do right. it and not pay for my surgery, right. but um, it was not so easy to be honest. It was um, yeah, I could could use our physio, I could use our facilities, but they not uh, full time, so most of the times I uh, put my re-ups or did it at a different place mm. where they can look after me um, full-time and not only an hour a day or something. So yeah. I did, don't know, did it in a public place where not only um, athletes are, yeah, but okay. a lot of athletes. And I think it's, on the one side, it's, it's good to not being around your team all the time when you're long-term sure. injured, you know? But you
2: feel a bit out of it, don't
0: you?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Then you, at the same time, you're not really... In the team so much as you as you would mm. like to, so it's a really hard time to find a good balance to be at the team, but not being around your teammates all the time because all they do is speaking about games and training sessions, and when they did i don't know made fun in training or something and you can't really laugh about it because you weren't there yeah so so it wasn't really bad to do it um not at the club really, yeah. so to do it somewhere else at a different place because you can get rid of all this. Stuff in your head and have a little bit a uh, different team around you, but you still have a kind of a different uh, team around you because you work with the same physios, the same yeah trainers every day, and um, other athletes maybe in different sports, but also footballers, and it's still about football, but in in a different environment. Then so, mm. um, but yeah, I think now the structures and the facilities are a lot better than it was back then for players who get injured and can do stuff with. Their physios at the club and with their trainers at the club and mm. with their, yeah, just their stuff really because they they weren't there weren't enough time to look after me because yeah, yeah. They, they were there to do tapes before training really don't know maybe thirty hours uh, thirty minutes slot or something and after training the girls needed treatment as well so basically in between they had to look after the girls who were training mm. so it wasn't so much time to look after the injured player so it was a little bit like they do it somewhere else.
2: How long did it take you to recover from the injury?
1: So from the first injury, um, it was about six, seven months. So I was back in training after six months, which is really quick yeah. for an ACL. And then I re-ruptured it. So yeah. after, I don't know, um, eight months, or something. So I was maybe four weeks back in training and did a game as well. Yeah. Um, so at my comeback game, I also scored. So I thought now I'm, the world is good again and I'm yeah. happy now and everything worked out and Obviously, I rushed a little bit from my rear because I just wanted to go back to the national team again as well. Yeah, yeah. And, but that wasn't the best idea I ever had, to be honest. So no. I should have relaxed a little bit more and gave my body a little bit more time.
2: Do you think that um, injury has really held your career back?
1: And I would say, yeah, to be honest, yes, because the injuries were always at really bad timings in my career. So being at the national team, finally made it, training really good for 40 minutes, and then being injured with this kind of injury as well obviously give you a really big setback. And then being back again, but then having an injury again for even longer, the Mm. same injury and even more was that damage in my knee, got me out again for one and a half year more. So I was then out for maybe don't know two years or something how does that
2: affect you psychologically
1: yeah so the second rehab straight straight after was so much harder than the first was obviously yeah because i had my goal and it was so clear and everything was good in the knee as well it always felt good not having a lot of pain through the process and the second one was more like when you lay there and it happened again and you know what you expect now Mm. I think this makes it so much harder I think because you you know every single step of the process of the real process and you've got
2: to go through the whole thing again basically exactly. yeah. and
1: you know already then this time it takes longer because mm. your body just needs more time because when you're out for so long and then again it's not like you just don't know you're just back there and everything's going good again
2: mm. But is, I mean because we, when we talk about injuries with football players we talk a lot about the physical recovery so if someone tears a hamstring we say that's going to be that amount of weeks out and they'll be back at this point Mm -hmm. but no one really talks that much about how it affects you mentally as well so did you find that when you went to go back on the football pitch again after so long out of the game in your mind you felt different because you were you didn't trust your knee for example you thought oh I don't know this is going to happen again type thing
1: yeah because especially because I ruptured it twice without um, contact yeah it was not like I got brutally fouled or something. No. It just happened because of turns. It's I quite turn. a
2: surprise thing. Yes. Yeah.
1: So then you, you really doubt your body all the time. So when you back to the movements and the turns and the, yeah, don't know, change of directions. Don't know. You always think of this. So mm. I, at this since then, back then, I, I would say I always, don't know, thought of my knee. Yeah. Maybe ninety percent of my movements I did on the pitch, which is not really helpful because you you shouldn't focus on your body. You should focus on what you do with the ball, what you what your next run look like, or don't know what to do. Yeah, in the next action, and you think more at the beginning about uh, how you could turn, like coordination wise, that not your that you. Not injure yourself again. And this to get out of your head took a long time, I I would say. So the process, just being healthy up there in your head mentally um, takes a little bit and trust your body again.
2: Do you think you're over that now?
1: Um, I would say, yeah, I I was over that. But then um, for a time, it needed maybe half a year or something until I trusted my body completely again. So yeah. half a year of really full training and full playing again. Yeah. And I think I was never that kind of player I've been before, to be honest. Right. So every tackling, uh, like every time I got tackled, and also like when I got into tackles, I always thought of my knee, to be honest. Mm. And I think this affected me some little percentage of my game as well, which yeah. which is not really good, but um, it no. was, don't know, I, I always thought, oh, just don't think of your knee anymore. Yeah. It's good, like, trust it. And then you get tackled really hard and you feel not everything, nothing happened, everything is okay. Yeah. You need these kind of tackles as well to be fully trusting your body again.
2: You've got to go through those processes. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. you
1: always, at the first time you think, oh, like i don't know um don't need this to tackle me so hard now but uh, you (laughs) think no that was really good and helpful as well because when i got through this tackle nothing can really happen to me anymore so um no it's it's a long process yeah it's more the mental side i think after long-term injuries than it's really to be fit again because this just comes after a certain amount of time but being really clear in your head again and being able to trust your knees and your body again I think this this took longer in my case
2: mm. and you sp- you spoke a little bit there about your thought processes when you're playing football and I ask this I ask this to, to football players quite a lot when you're on the pitch are you thinking about what you're doing or is it all instinctive Because you play in midfield, right? So you're right in the the thick of it all the time. You're right amongst it. When you're out there playing, do you play on instinct or are you thinking it through in terms of processes?
1: I think the main goal is to not think of anything you do. So when I have a really good game or when I think back to my best games I've ever played, I didn't think about anything at all. I just played. So it's kind of the flow you go into when you're competing well and everything turns out well and everything mm. works and you do, you just do everything automatically and instinctive and I think this is every game you go in and want to um, reach that point that you just fly through the game a little bit because yeah. then everything just happens automatically and naturally and you don't have to think about really what to do with the ball because it just happens mm. and it always or most of the times it's a, is a correct decision and mm. I think these are the best games you have but obviously when you I always have it when I don't have a really good game or something. I think of everything like, how can I get on the ball? What shall I do when I have the ball? And
2: and you overthink it. Basically.
1: And you overthink it, obviously, yes. Yeah. And this is always what you try to avoid on the pitch. Because mm. when it's just happening, it's most of the times it's the best thing to do.
2: How would you describe yourself as a player?
1: Um, I would say you would call me here in England a box-to-box player. Okay, yeah. So um, literally, I'm not up front and I, I like to have some strikers in front of me. So I yeah. want to have the ball on my feet all the time. Mm-hmm. But I don't dribble so much. I, I want to give it away and want to have it back again. So yeah. give it and receive it again. Mm-hmm. I'm always on the move. Like I'm always moving and find little gaps between the, the rows and try to bring myself, put myself into positions where I can turn and then bring the strikers into the game. Mm. So I would always take the final pass um, before a goal. Mm. So I would, I love to play. The final pass will lead to a goal. You know.
2: What do you call that? What would you call that position in German?
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I do would, they
2: call it Raumdeuter?
1: Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe yeah, okay. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. or oh, Spielmacher, like playmaker.
2: Yeah, Raumdeuter is what space investigator. Yeah. yeah. Something, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yes.
1: Okay. I would say this is my biggest strength that I find or try to find always the gaps in between the mm-hmm. uh, make it hard to defend me because i'm always moving yeah. because i'm not the most physical player not the fastest as well mm. so i need to be clever and mm. be a, a one step ahead in my head
2: So when you ended up at Wolfsburg, who and, and it's an interesting thing, but I think for people who don't follow women's football very mm-hmm. closely, in, in in obviously in men's football, Wolfsburg and Bayern Munich are quite different, but it's it's kind of the opposite in women's football, right? Mm-hmm. As you mentioned earlier, Wolfsburg are a big women's team, aren't they? So yeah. for you you to go there, presumably that was a that was quite a big deal for you as well.
1: Yeah, I, I went there when they just won the Champions League. That's twice. Right, yeah. and the uh, uh, league as well, and the cup. Mm. So I think they won the tri- tri- triple, mm. and then they won the double. And then I went there and uh, so it was, don't know, the best time to really go there.
2: Did they win more after that or not? Uh,
1: <laughs> not the Champions League anymore. <laughs> so I was twice in a Champions League semi-final. That's right. Once in a um, Champions League final and mm-hmm. I won the cup four times. I won the league once, mm-hmm. but it could have been a little bit more. It's not bad be, though. Yeah, it, it was okay, but I didn't win the Champions League, which still like gets me a little bit because winning the Champions League means everything, right?
2: Yeah, and, of course.
1: But yeah, it's true what you say. Because was, the,
2: was the setup different at Wolfsburg? Was it more professional? Was it, yeah. it, it was, okay. So
1: all of the players were professional. That was yeah. the first time that I played, were surrounded by only professional players. Yeah. And um, that was obviously the first time that we had like timing-wise, it all focused on football. So we had training at 10 o'clock in the morning and then everyone went to lunch. There's a little bit, different to English football, so mm. we ate alone, so you, there wasn't lunch at the club, everyone went home, had lunch, slept a little bit, whatever, and we meet met again at 3.30 or something, mm-hmm. so during the day when normally people at other clubs were working at this time, and you have the second session really late in the evening, that you can right. have meet again, because you need the time in between to work, or to go to school, or to uni, or something like this, yeah. whereas there, having focused on the football, and there was... Yeah, the first time that I was in such a professional environment, we had four physios there. We had a complete... Staff of um, coaches there, like full time coaches as mm-hmm. well. Uh, at and you were twenty
2: six when you signed for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. I so that's the first time you'd been in that environment at twenty six.
1: Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I always played professional football. So sure. I've always um, lived from this and focused on football.
2: But not all the other players were. But not all at the other Bayern players, Munich, yes. for example. Yes. Okay.
1: So when I was at Bayern, I finished school. I started studying. So I did stuff, but I didn't work outside mm. football. Or, and this was, I think, nice to just having don't know, the same goal everyone and not being distracted by oh, I just had a 10-hour work day yeah, or of I came home late yesterday because we had to do more work or something and mm. I, re- I really liked this and enjoyed it and um, I think that makes a difference or made the difference to other clubs at this time.
2: Yeah, and so Wolfsburg is a, is a time you look back on as... I know it's upsetting because you didn't win the Champions League but ultimately it's a successful time though.
1: Yeah, of course. I had... um At one point, uh, I made myself, Oh, started every game as well. So I was at one point, because there was a lot of competition there as well, a lot of good players from all over the world as well. So at one point, uh, I performed really good as well. So I was really happy with my performance, played a lot of games. And uh, unfortunately, then I ruptured my syndesmosy ligamentum. So again, the surgery, I was out again for five months, I think. And that got a little break in my yeah Wolfsburg time I think because Mm then I think I had one more year contract or something and the last year because of rehab as well and little injuries after a long-term injury that comes Mm. as well sometimes and your muscles don't really work again and it just took so long my rehab process that I didn't really make it back to yeah many games again so Mm. it ended a little bit like yeah not really that I say it was a really happy end or something for me there yeah but um the, the time before my injury there was, was really good. I made my debut for the national team mm. when I played for Wolfsburg. So I was on the focus, yeah, playing Champions League all the time was, was a nice thing to have as well. Yeah, of course. Because obviously, yeah, you...
2: Everyone wants to play in the Champions exactly. League, right? And yeah. you
1: travel a lot. You see a lot from other countries football-wise as mm. well. And it was just a really interesting and, yeah, really nice... Yeah, exciting time, I think. Mm.
2: And then obviously you went to Freiburg for a little bit and then you ended up at at West Ham. I mean, I've got a quote here from you which says, uh, to be honest, I rented a convertible car because my plan was (laughs) to go to the south of Europe, but I ended up here. So... How did you go from that to living in Seven Oaks? You don't you don't need a uh, you don't need a convertible car in, in Kent, you know. I
1: did. So when I came here one and a half years ago, it was so hot. Oh, I was think it? it. It didn't rain for six or seven weeks.
2: Or something. Oh yeah, that summer was, was warm. Yes, yeah, yeah, So
1: everything was yellow because the, oh the grass, the parks, they were yeah. all burned almost, you know. But now to explain this a little bit, so after Wolfsburg, obviously, when I struggled a little bit with injuries and everything at the end, um, but still played for the national team. Um, I spoke to the national team coach as well in Germany and my Oh own yeah, because you
2: made your national team debut. We should talk exactly. about that. So you waited a long time and yeah, you eventually were able to play. Yeah. So you, you'd played at youth team level for a, a long time. Yeah. So how did it feel to play for the national team? Yeah. I could it, tell because you're already smiling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't hate it, you know? Yeah. It just took took too long in my opinion. Yeah, of course. Um, now, obviously, but it must
2: be a proud moment though. Yeah,
1: it was a really proud moment. And did your family come and watch? And yeah, everything? yeah. Everyone. Great. It, it was also in Bavaria where I'm from a little bit. So not at, really in front of my house or something, but an hour away from where, where um was born and everything. So it was nice. close to home as well, which was even nicer. And we won the game as well, which is nice as well. So mm. I played two games and then um, obviously, yeah.
2: Because you were very it. close to going to the Euros exactly. before that, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And
1: yeah, I don't know. Then the, the that was the first time the team coach, the manager from the national team changed or yeah. um, came in a new one. And she really liked the way I play. Mm-hmm. And her philosophy um, was really good for my way of playing as well. So I had big chances to go to the Euros with this team then Mm. as well. But then I had so many injuries that I couldn't make it again. So it's always been like, of course, a speculation, but I could have obviously have had a little bit of a better career without all these Mm. bad timings of injuries, you know. Mm. But um, this was... I had an, an offer from Arsenal back then. So I wanted to, or, before I signed for Freiburg, mm. either Freiburg or Arsenal, but I wanted to stay in the spotlight a little bit more for the national team. Sure. So this is when I had a yeah, one-year little break at, at Freiburg to yeah. um, be, still in, be seen from the national team coach and everything. Yeah. Um, and this is after this, this year in Freiburg when it didn't really work with the national team anymore mm. and everything, Back then I was, I don't know, 28 already. So mm. it's you aiming for young players as well yeah. to educate them, to bring them in the team as, uh, yeah. instead of bringing, don't know, almost 30-year-old players to to play for your team. So yeah. I kind of understood it as well. So it was okay. But then I thought, okay, now I use football to travel a little bit through the world, you know. I thought oh, I want to go to a really nice country, sunny country. I love yeah. the sun. um I love nice cities. I just wanted to really use football as... Um, a travel course a little bit you know yeah. and seeing a, a different country learning a new language a new culture going to I don't know Italy, Spain, Portugal something like this where the league aren't as good as they are here now in England or in Germany or something mm. but still on a good level that you can live from it and play professionally mm-hmm. you know so this is when I got my convertible car because I was yeah. close to sign for an Italian team or a Spanish team. So, But then Matt Beer called me, so
2: the West Ham coach. Sure. And he's a league winning coach, of course, as well, yes, isn't he? So exactly. That's a, big, that's a big pull, right? But
1: it was not even that. It was more like the way he FaceTimed me and he hold the um, phone all the time so close to his face that I couldn't really see his whole face, you know. <laughs> that was just like the way he spoke to me and... Why
2: why is that a good thing?
1: The person is it's not really a good thing to <laughs> be honest it was more funny yeah. but um the way he he convinced me after I think 30 seconds on the phone or something I didn't want to go to England. Yeah. I really didn't I could have gone a year before Do you like to my it now year you're here? even better club. Um I love it yeah. yeah okay, and I could good. like don't know see myself living here a little bit longer than for football you know or Great. even after football. So I really f- don't know fell in love a little bit with mm the crazy football atmosphere here in England. I How think.
2: different are the facilities and the standard compared to Germany to here?
1: Yeah, completely different. So when I th- when I saw all the um, the West Ham facilities mm. after Matt Beer uh, called me, I went, went here and to look and see the facilities and to speak to him and he showed me around and that convinced me really because the pitches here are a dream, you know, yeah. compared to what I know, compared to Italian, Spanish, Portugal leagues, mm. like they they so much worse, you know. Mm. Use, most of the time you play on art, artificial grass. something. And like if you've had knee. injuries, you don't want exactly. to be Exactly, I thought that, of my yeah. knee as well a little bit. Yeah. And then I, I saw the uh, pitch at Rush Green where mm. the men's train as well and our facilities there and we have everything. We have a canteen where we can eat. We have the physios there. We have the best pitches there. We have a really nice gym there as well. So yeah. everything was set up and going into a professional league, the first professional league in Europe as well, mm. made made for me the, the decision that I. I take this one, and yeah. even I've uh, even when I already, yeah, have my convertible car. <laughs> I take this to England then.
2: <laughs> you just got you, you. can never really relax in a convertible car in the UK because at any minute it could <laughs> just start raining. <laughs>
1: but we have the same in Germany. It's not like that. It's true. Yeah, that's I, true. I think you just have a really bad um, image. It's like prejudice, maybe a little bit. That it rains all the time because it's the same in Germany. I would say London and Munich or something is kind of the same weather.
2: So when do you think? I mean, I know you've got a bit of an injury at the moment. So when do you think you'll you'll be back playing again? And what what are you gonna what are your plans for the kind of near future?
1: Yeah, so the plan is that I um, obviously I had a twelve months rehab now. Yeah. I and I just want to be back on the pitch as soon as possible again to make some more games for West Ham as well this season. And so from January onwards, I think I'll be I'll be back playing. Not like. Maybe every game or always mm. ninety minutes, but at, at least at a certain amount of time that I can be help the squad and help the team and be mm. don't know on the bench train. Maybe not every single session with the team, but don't know. I have to see how ma- how many really does and mm. how many um, works with all the loadings now mm. and also when I play some minutes how it reacts then. But I'm I'm quite positive that it will be some more minutes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Good. And and what do you think? Um like I mean, you've been you've been playing football for a long time now, fifteen years yeah. or something. What 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 do you think? Like, how do you look back on your career? I know you've still got some time to play, but how do you look back on your career and, and what you've achieved? I know it's been maybe a bit bittersweet, but yeah. you must you must be proud of a lot of things you've done.
1: I would call it bittersweet. This is nice. I take this one because okay. there were like really good parts of it, like really really <gasps> good, really really good parts, like when I played for almost the best teams in Europe, um, yeah. almost won the Champions League, won a lot of like national league titles um made it to the national team yeah but still when i compare my my career to other careers from players i've played with or um see what what i could have achieved you know Mm. and obviously i have a lot of injuries and um i I don't take them as an excuse but obviously without them it might have gone up a little bit higher you know with Mm. uh Achievements in terms of more titles, don't know more caps for the national team. Maybe, yeah. maybe playing a tournament that was that would have been always my dream. You know, playing a don't know in the in the Euros or Olympic Games. They won the Olympic Games at one t- uh, at one point the German national team, and that are really really nice things to have as well you know mm. uh, when you look back on your career mm. but don't get me wrong like i'm i'm really happy obviously the good thing with football now because i always wanted to be in football now is a time when i think of what can i do after my career mm. and i think football still don't know i'm so still so passionate with football that i could not imagine living without football so mm. the good thing now now they get a little bit more professional that you can have a life in football without playing football So what do you think,
2: like media or coaching? or
1: Media, coaching, don't know, things like this. Even, don't know, a lot of players, don't know, struggle with finding a really good agent to look after them. Having a good network for players, building up like a medical network as well, because this is still a thing you can improve a lot. Also, I studied sports science, um, don't know, looking for more prevention programs to uh, help girls not um, having so many ACL ruptures for example because this is still such a big topic in women's football The ACL injuries all the time yeah. um, I think they are six to nine times higher than the man is that rates. right yeah. I didn't know that it's crazy because every year you can just wait for at least five six seven girls rupture their ACL in the league and I think this this is a big big area where everyone can still improve so it needs much needs
2: more research and yeah. more look into how it can be prevented
1: yes exactly
2: amazing all right julia thank you so much for coming and speaking yes. to us
1: thank you so have much have you enjoyed it yes i loved it <laughs> <laughs> i could speak so much more you know
0: this was a stakano production